Welcome to Women Winning at Work podcast. My name is Barka Herman. I interview women with successful careers in tech. Please like and share this episode and podcast, and do reach out to me if you or someone you know would like to be featured on my podcast. The best place to find me is on LinkedIn, Barka Herman. And now, without delay, please enjoy this episode. All right, so um, we are back. And today I have uh, one of my favorite people at Microsoft, um, Naomi Alpern. Naomi is the first woman that I met uh, when I was doing my first training, like within the first week of joining the company. There were other women I met, but they were not in my department, but Naomi was in my department. And uh, Naomi currently is director of customer success focused on Azure infrastructure. And um, immediately <laughs> after meeting Naomi, I felt accepted, uh, warmth, connection. And so I'm always grateful to talk to you, Naomi. And I'd love for you to introduce yourself in your own words. Yeah, thanks for having me, Barka. And that's really kind. So I'm glad that I was able to meet you and you had as much impact on me as I did on you. So it was awesome to get to know you when you were first joining the company. So my name is Barka Sedis, Naomi Alpern. I am a director in our customer success team and I lead a team of engineers and architects who partner with our customers to just help them be successful in the Azure platform. My team is all infrastructure focused and uh, I've been in this part of the business now for about four years, but I've been at Microsoft. Uh, this is my 16th year at Microsoft. Wow, yeah. Yeah, see that's, I, I, and I remember when I was even interviewing at Microsoft and talking to you, talking to Brett, other people that I met, people talking about being there forever and me saying, oh, I've never worked anywhere for a long term and near me telling me, don't worry about it, there's a lot, a lot of, places you could go within Microsoft. <laughs> so um, so let me start with the the question, you know, I'm, I'm a comic book geek, so I always ask uh, my guests this question. What is your origin story, Naomi? So I'd love to hear from you in your own words, you know, how you went from a little girl to somebody who is a director of customer success um, at Microsoft. Yeah, absolutely. So my my journey's a little unusual, I'd say. So uh, when I was a little girl, I wanted to be a vet. I was obsessed with animals. We had pets. That was my thing, a vet, a vet, a vet. And so as I got older, I started to find myself in positions where I was leading things more, team captain, um, organizing and orchestrating stuff. I didn't know that's what it was called, but you know, I was the kid <laughs> on the playground that was collecting up everybody else and setting up a kickball game, or you know, saying, "Hey, let's go explore those backwoods we're not supposed to be in," <laughs> or whatever it was. Um, but I kept that that passion um, of really wanting to focus on animals and veterinary medicine, you know, well into high school. And when I got into high school, I started really kind of thinking about what does that mean? And what I came to the realization of is I could not stomach <laughs> the, the, the portions of that kind of a job that have to do with anatomy and mm. fluids. Like I, that was, I just couldn't deal with that. So it was kind of ironic. So really, um, I was someone who 
had focused on a career for many, many moons and never really thought about that level of detail of like what goes into being a vet and what you do with animals when they're sick. So I shifted gears and kind of started college a little bit lost is what I would say. Um, I'd always actually been uh, involved in computers. My dad brought home a Commodore 64 in the early 80s and used to play the games on it that we had and, you know, uh, Monkey Island and all the different things that back in the day was like, I loved it. I, I would mess around with it. I was always turning it on and off and unplugging and plugging and trying to take it apart and breaking it. And I had many gadgets that my father would bring home over the years. And so when I got into college, um, I, I really, for the most part, didn't have a good direction, but I always had like computer stuff as a hobby. It was something I liked to do. It was more of a fun thing that I would do. And so I, I puttered around a few years trying different things. And then I, I realized that I just wanted shortest path out of college. <laughs> I didn't really have a focus. I just wanted to be done and get a degree. And so I ended up um, focusing my degree in what was called leisure services management, which actually is what it sounds like. I have a park and rec degree is what I have. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I, I kind of sped through it. I really, I literally remember looking at the catalog and going, all right, what classes? No, that's too many. Could I do this one? Oh, okay. Look, there's only like, you know, four left. I'll just do that. And that's what I did. <laughs> and so, um, I ended up, uh, needing to do an internship as a part yeah. of that college experience. And I ended up at a local parks and recreation department in the area that I lived. I grew up in uh, North Miami Beach. And so they were having problems with their computers. And so mm -hmm. I spent my internship during the summer completely revamping like their network in their offices and doing like all of this stuff. <laughs> not why I was there, but um, I, I completed my internship. I got my degree. And I started to just spend some time um, just with folks I had met along the way in that space. And really, they were consulting, like it was the big thing at the time. And then there was this MCSE thing. And so mm -hmm. my degree officially is in education. And I had to take a lot of educational style classes to get my Parks and Rec degree. And so... I ended up getting my MCSE in like a boot camp program, and then they hired me as an instructor. And so <laughs> right out of college, just started teaching MCSE classes. And mm -hmm. it really, honestly, was the best of both worlds for me. I can't tell you how much I love that job. I was teaching, so I was leading and organizing and orchestrating, and I was doing IT. So it was like, the stuff I loved and the stuff I loved. It was amazing. And so <laughs> I did that for eight, nine years where I did consulting as like a side gig. So I would go and rip out ThinNet in small businesses and put in Ethernet and switches and hubs. And then I would do my regular job of basically teaching, you know, people how to become um, an IT professional. Or a lot of times I worked with companies that were, running to upskill. So I used to teach like Windows NT4 classes as an example. <laughs> and yeah. uh, stuff. So anyway, so that was kind of where I, I started from the vet, I ended up at like teaching tech, 
And so um, I was always an avid writer. So then I started to get into being an author. And um, because I was teaching certification classes, I wrote a lot of books around how mm -hmm. to get certified and, you know, how do you study for these tests and learn the skills, but also walk away with enough knowledge to get, you know, certified. And so I did that for a long time. So that was a passion of mine. I, I started to get burnt out. Like when the, when the people in the class would ask me the same question, the same dumb question, yeah. dumb questions, they're totally yeah. are dumb questions <laughs> in this kind of a environment where you've just explained it in Fisher Price terms, you drew it, you showed it and they go and ask the question. And I was like, you're frustrating me. So like when I was starting to get triggered by that, I was like, all right, it's time to move along. So um, I ended up working full time in IT administration for a handful of years after that. Um, I worked for Citrix and I ran the Microsoft suite as a part of a team at Citrix. And then uh, I came to Microsoft after that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I joined Microsoft in consulting. And so all the time I'd spent doing consulting, like independently and teaching, this was the new best of all the worlds for me. Right. So, you know, I got to come in and help educate and spend time with people, helping them just kind of do it the best they could with the Microsoft suite of products. So anyway, and that that's kind of yeah. where I'm at. So, that's that's, so. Uh, that's quite the journey. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. I didn't know. I learned new things. So see, this is why I do this. Um, so um, I'd love to hear um, you know, as a woman in technology and as a woman who's been in technology for a long time, you know, um, like myself, the stories that I have are very different from the stories that we hear today. And I know you and I both uh, are active in this community, helping, mentoring other women. I'd love to hear what kind of struggles you have to face and what was the, you know, some of the toughest things and challenges you faced during your career. Yeah, I will tell you that the atmosphere of a woman, being a woman in technology sort of changed over my my time early in career, but I, I was honestly kind of oblivious to some of that negativity as a younger person early in career. I didn't realize I was being singled out or discriminated against. Mm -hmm. And I remember a specific scenario where I was teaching a class, it was a lot of folks, and I was always one of the youngest people that was leading these classes, right? So I was in my 20s um, when I was doing a lot of these classes for corporate customers. And so standing up there as um, someone, you know, green behind the ears and having these like IT vets look at me as I'm trying to tell them what they need to do with their environment, I was, I was female and I was young. And so yeah. they would come at me like pretty hard and I, I didn't I didn't really notice it. It's a strange thing to say now, because if I think about it now, I was like, oh, yeah, they were totally dogging on me, you know, for those reasons. <laughs> but at the time, it didn't click. And I was in this one setting and then there was one gentleman and he was he was probably in his 50s. And, you know, he he was drilling me on something. Question, 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 question. And he you know, he literally came out and he said, well, you've satisfied questions, but you still don't satisfy me as teaching this class. And I was like, okay. So I said, that's great. You know, thank you for the feedback. 
you know, like, what do you do with that? And I said, thank you for the feedback. And, you know, you're welcome to stay or leave. It's up to you. And after the class, one of his peers came up to me and said, you know, as as a woman and someone in your age range teaching this class, I was impressed with how you handled, you know, that situation. And to me, I was just asking, you know, answering his questions. Like, I didn't see it as an attack, but it was. Yeah. And so that was the turning point for me when I started to notice thereafter when people would do some of the things that are, are really unacceptable. Like I didn't notice it before, but I'm sure it had happened quite a lot. You know, when, you, and this happened when I joined consulting where I'd be sitting at a table and I'd be at a customer site and the people I was working with on the customer side were like the good old boys crowd as an example. Yeah. And yeah. I would be there with a male uh, counterpart and I would ask a question and they would answer talking to him. And I was like, <laughs> wait, wait, wait a minute, like that legit happened to me on a reoccurring basis for some of the customers I was supporting, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And so those kinds of circumstances uh, were really difficult for me. And what I had to grow into is number one, being comfortable with assessing the situation, because sometimes it makes sense to kind of call it on the carpet. And sometimes it doesn't, right? And so yeah. that's one of those challenges that I, I deal with every day on, you know, coaching the people on my team, especially women in role, is like, how do you manage through that when you're being singled out for something characteristic, whether it's being female or whether it's being young or whether it's being new to a specific field or technology, whatever it is, there are circumstances where no matter what you do or say, it's not going to change, right? And if you think about a customer's culture, and if that's okay, them behaving that way every day, you know, mm -hmm. it's not acceptable for them to bring disrespect to our doorstep. But to some extent, you have to kind of learn how to work in that world. And so I'm always doing this balancing act between, you know, holding people accountable for poor behavior and realizing that trying to do that will create uh, a situation that isn't ideal based on my own objectives and being present, right? So it's, yeah. it's this back and forth. So that one of the hardest things was for me to just grow into that over time. And I made mistakes where I would, I would decide that I was going to die on the hill and it was the wrong hill, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we all yeah, do that. Yeah. So, but anyway, yeah, I mean, what you say is so true because I think that when I, I got into computers when I was 21, I was very young. I was a first generation immigrant. I was a woman. I was a foreigner. Like, you know, there were too many things that weren't, that didn't fit. So a lot of times I just dismissed bad behavior or inappropriate behavior as um, not as a, because I'm a woman, but it could be like five different things, right? And I didn't know which one what it was, right? Is it because yeah. I'm young? Is it because I'm new? Is it because I'm just learning this? Is it because, you know, there are so many things. So it was, it was kind of an interesting um, insight into what you experience also. And also, um, I think, but, you know, I was, I was kind of a stubborn child, so I put up with what I put up with, and I didn't put up with a lot of stuff. I remember this one meeting where somebody 
uh, was raising their voice at me and that, that is not like acceptable to me. Yeah. So I yeah. actually left the room and the, the person got flustered with me saying, what are you doing? Where are you going? And I said, I'll come back when you're ready to talk to me in a normal tone. And he got really <laughs> upset with me. He was very high up. He was really upset with me, but I was like, yeah, no, I, I, don't, I don't play that. But it's, it's interesting. So thank you for sharing. Yeah. Um, I'd love to, and you know, I always start with the negative. I start asking what are the struggles, but I don't want my audience to think that it's it's not a rewarding career. So I'd yeah. love to hear from you, like, what is the good? What's the juicy bits about working in tech field, being a woman in tech? What's, you know, what are some of your wins, some of your rewards? Yeah, I've always loved what I do in this space, uh, just to start with that. And I think when you love what you do, work isn't work, and it's very cliche, like, it, I get it, but I think the reality is that the rewards of me being able to do these jobs that I've had over the years is I've been able to blend professional and hobby. I like tinkering with technology, like, it's exciting to me. The way it's changed the world is significant, and so... Being a party to that has been really cool. And to like to get to do that as a part of my day job is awesome. Um, I also think <laughs> being a woman in, in a room full of men, usually, especially if you rewind, you know, more year, the more years you go back, the more that was always the case. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we, I think as a woman, we bring a unique perspective. And, and I think that's in the way that any diversity group brings their unique perspective. And so I really feel that a lot of the skills um, that I've been able to bring to bear in a lot of cases were absentee. And so I do feel that there are characteristics and, and capabilities that just myself as a woman, I have been able to, um, I don't know, basically refine, you know, through the years that are are not present in a lot of those situations, right? So it's really cool to be able to come in and think about something differently or even consider elements that the other people there never would have. Women, I think in general, definitely tend to be a little more blue in terms of emotional consideration. And, you know, if you think about the end user, right, in, in technical scenarios, it was not novel to me that they sh- their voice should count. And like other people didn't even think about that. Like, why do we care about them? They just have to, push the, you know, like, and so very early in my career, that would be something that I would advocate for in different discussions, especially as a consultant. Like, hey, have we thought about how this is going to impact um, the people yeah. consuming this? And so those are things I think that are unique. Um, but reward wise, just getting to do my fun stuff as a part of my day job is awesome. Uh, the people that I've met throughout my career journey are just stellar, yourself included. It's been a pleasure and honor. And I do think, too, from a rewards perspective, it's never the same. Right. And so the trending and the change in the industry is so significant, it doesn't get boring. And yeah. so, you know, if you think about, and I'm a, I'm like a plant person, this kind of stems to my parks and rec days in college, <laughs> but I learned all about fertilizer. Like I keep thinking of the show, that's it. <laughs> I keep thinking of the no, show like, when you grow up. 
I legit had a class on how to read a bag of fertilizer and like the makeup of the of the different parts of it and the nitrogen and how that affects the different plants. And so, but I, I, I've carried a lot of that knowledge forward. I really am a plant person. And so what I was going to say is like, in that context, if I decided to become a gardener, if I were going to go into landscaping, it's an industry that has slow change. So yeah, while I think I would really love it, like over time, it'd be the same old thing. That is not true for technology, yeah. right? There's always something new around the corner, a novel application of something, a brand new invention, a new focus, right? I mean, so that to me is a huge reward is that it's never boring. And for someone like me that always has to have like a hundred things going on at once, it's great because I can do that and it stays really interesting. So there's a lot of really good things. That's that's awesome. That's beautiful. And yeah, I, I have a severe shiny syndrome. I like everything. Shiny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. So um, if you had to go back and advice your like 20 something year old or if you have some a message for younger generation or anybody who's watching this or listening to this what would you what would you share with them yeah i think overall um in those younger years for me right if i kind of think about getting back to really a place where I'd be more open to listening is the biggest thing. Like when you're early in career, when you're first starting out on a new journey, um, any younger self person out there knows this, right? Where you're, you're kind of, you have confidence in what you're doing and you're not always open to listening. So hearing versus listening are very different mm -hmm. things. And I struggled with that a lot early in my career. The other challenge is that looking at like the opportunity to take um, feedback as a, as a choice for growth. Like it took me a mm -hmm. while to come around to that. Like people are not criticizing you. They're sharing information so you can make a choice if you want to, you know, reflect on that and maybe make mm -hmm. a change and better yourself. But I always treat feedback as a gift. You can leave it out on the porch. You don't need to bring it in the house. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. you know, and so I think that for me took longer than I would have liked in my career to kind of come around to the point to understand that um, being confident and being just sort of like this is what I'm doing or whatever was more of my early approach. And so um, active listening, consideration for other people's perspectives and contexts more, things like that, I think for me um, were part of that messaging for aspiring early in career folks or people, you know what, like even some late in career folks still need to learn that. <laughs> so. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking yeah. of, I love your shirt. I'm going to read it for the audience. Never stop learning and you'll always keep growing. And this is by Eunice, premier field engineer. This is one of our um, Microsoft employees. Wonderful. Absolutely. And if you don't mind, I'll share it. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll post it on LinkedIn. Oh, on yeah, you're absolutely welcome to. This is an older uh, shirt. The premier field engineer role has changed now. They're called customer engineers. But I mean, really, 
we had an event uh, years ago and really just getting people's voices out there on words of wisdom, things that had helped them was the goal. And this is one of the ones I still wear every day. This field is so dynamic, you really can continue to just learn, learn, learn. And so it's one of the things I love about it, hope to continue to love. And um, I feel it, it just keeps it fresh. That's what it comes down to. So Yes, yeah, there's always more. There's always more to learn, right? And grow. Yeah. Well, thank you. And I'd love to also give you an opportunity uh, to share something. Like if you want to promote something, you know, I know you wrote books. So I don't know if you've written any new ones you want to promote or anything that you're doing. Uh, if not, I'll just share your LinkedIn profile with the podcast. So is there something you want to promote? So I'm in like a, a lull is what I would say. I've been doing a lot of editing for books. So it's like behind the scenes. <laughs> I haven't been writing lately because it's a lot more effort. So I don't really have anything at this moment to share, but um, I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, you know, you're being modest. I want to tell you, you know, Naomi has... You know, she has a kick-ass career. She has a, a, a very large family as well. And she's she's multitasking and, you know, organizing events within Microsoft. She's doing a lot of stuff. So thank you so much, Naomi, uh, for, for coming on my podcast. I'm humbled, uh, very happy to call you a friend. And, uh, you know, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. My pleasure, Barca. Listen, thank you for having me and all that same jazz right back at you. You're amazing. And it's my pleasure to know you and, and have had the uh, opportunity to work with you over the years. So thank you. You're very welcome. I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Thank you so much for listening. Please like this episode and share it with someone you think that'll enjoy it. And do reach out to me on LinkedIn and connect. And also, if you would like to, please join my newsletter by visiting www.barkaherman.com. Thank you.